lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday already this week. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample and share, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. That's youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Coming up here today, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us here, final segment of the program. Our weekly game of fun and frivolity known as Buy, Seller, Hold is coming your way beginning at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the most predictable ending. NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace said this just yesterday morning regarding a noose he allegedly found in his garage bay before the Geico 500 race. What would you say to those people who are doubting that this even happened or that it's true? Yeah, just like uh, Steve Phelps said, it offends me that people would go to those measures. But again, I'm not shocked. Uh, people are entitled to their own opinion to make them feel good, whatever, make them help them sleep at night. Um, but it is still an ongoing investigation with the FBI. Cut to yesterday afternoon when the FBI released the findings of their investigation into the alleged hate crime and found the noose in question it was actually a garage door pull-down rope that's been there since at least last year, well before anyone could have possibly known Bubba Wallace was going to be using that particular garage. The FBI, by the way, put 15 agents on the case. Naturally, the only way for this to end was for Bubba Wallace to go talk to Don Lemon on CNN. I've, uh, I've been racing all my life. I've, we've, we've raced out of hundreds of garages that uh, never had garage pools like that. So people that want to call it a garage pool and put out old videos and photos of, of, of knots being um, in, uh, in, in, in their, as their evidence, go ahead. But from the evidence that we have um, and that I have, uh, it's a straight up noose. The FBI has stated it was a noose over and over again. NASCAR leadership has stated that it was a noose. I can confirm that I actually got evidence of what was hanging in my garage over my car around my picker guys to confirm that it was a noose. It's really funny that we keep saying noose when it wasn't actually a noose. Did NASCAR get it wrong? No, I shouldn't say that. Did they jump the gun? Maybe. Yes. But I am extremely happy with what, and I think most Americans are, what NASCAR is doing. And I think in this environment, and I have said it before, this hypercharged environment, that we should all cut each other some slack. But not too much slack because then it might look like a noose. Anywho, checking in on Black Lives Matter. I have a, I have a question for you. You're white and you're telling this to two black police officers. Yeah. Do you see the problem with that a little bit? Um, no, I don't because, you know what, just because I'm white and I haven't experienced racism myself doesn't mean I can't fight for justice. They're a part of the system. They're a part of the problem. Just because they're black doesn't mean they're not a part of the problem. I'm allowed to say this to whoever. Because I'm white, racism is a white person's problem. Racism is my problem. I need to fix it. That's why I'm here talking to all of them. Black, white, In front of the Emancipation Memorial in Washington, D.C., which was paid for by freed slaves, this happened. Thursday at 7 p.m., 
We tearing this mother down! Coronavirus fallout, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo keeps getting some inconvenient questions from the mainstream media. Governor, I have to ask you about what happened in nursing homes in this state. In March, you issued a directive that nursing homes could not turn away those who had COVID, which exposed a vulnerable population. You had 5,800 people die in senior homes in this state. In retrospect, was that order a mistake? We actually have a lower percentage of people who died in nursing homes, but we had more people die than any other state. That's a fact. The reason that happened was because we had the virus coming from Europe when the federal government told us the virus was coming from China. Research from the CDC and analysis from the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity shows 60% of all COVID-19 fatalities were over the age of 75, 80% of fatalities are over the age of 65, 7% of fatalities under the age of 55, less than 0.8% under the age of 35, and near zero deaths under the age of 18. Lincoln County, Oregon has required the use of face coverings for all its citizens when out and about in public, with the exception of non-white people who are nervous about being profiled if they wear a mask. Twitter has censored President Trump once again, putting a public safety disclaimer on one of his recent tweets where he threatened to push back against rioters attempting to set up an autonomous zone near the White House. Apparently something that doesn't violate Twitter rules, however, is this video of a man who followed a woman home who cut him off in traffic and attempted to dox her. That tweet went viral yesterday and is still up. In great news, baseball will be back next month. The owners of Major League Baseball franchises, along with the Major League Baseball Players Association, Association finally reached a deal for a 60-game season beginning in mid to late July and ending at the end of September. And finally, a new periodical segment on the montage called Does It Woke? Reviewing and dissecting videos from across the internet and determining if they woke. We'll start with this first one, and there's a lot going on here, so we'll utilize replay review. What we're watching is a dude dressed up in lingerie who attempts to assault NBC News reporter Andrea Mitchell in Washington, D.C. before he's corralled by security. All right, so it's starting at the beginning. We have a man, so that's minus five woke points, but he's presumably transgendered, so that's plus ten points. Unfortunately, he's not wearing a mask, so that's minus one point. He proceeds to attempt to protest very loudly and very closely to NBC News reporter Andrea Mitchell, along with black representative Eleanor Holmes Norton, so that's plus two points for protesting and minus three points for a hate crime. A little bit later, he claims he's been assaulted, so that's plus one point for being a victim. And then at the end of the video, he rides away on an electric Segway, so that's plus five points for being environmentally conscious. Back to the others in the video, you can see the entire NBC News crew is wearing masks along with Representative Norton, so that's plus four points for not hating grandma. Andrea Mitchell gets plus five points for not being racist. You can tell that because she has multiple black friends. And she's also a woman, so that's plus one point. Unfortunately, none of these people are standing at least six feet away from each other, so that's minus three points. The security guards in the video act quickly, containing Mr. Lingerie Guy, and because two of the three security guards are black, that's plus two points for black power. The guy who actually lays hands on Mr. Lingerie is white, and he's acting in a masculine way, so that's minus seven points for being a part of the white patriarchy. And finally, at one point, we can hear Representative Norton say, where are the police when you need them? This is problematic since all cops are racist pigs, so that's minus five points. In total, this video barely Woke, garnering six net woke points. And that's what happened while we were away. I was not aware of this new segment, but uh, I approve. I'll allow it. I'm totally in.
Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition. You know, just because we're reopening doesn't mean you don't have to take your health seriously any longer. You still got to wash your hands, social distance when you can, right? And and take your health seriously. Boost your immune system with Field of Greens. Buy Brickhouse Nutrition. You can use this every day. One scoop is a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables that boost your energy and support a healthy immune system. Just put it into any water-based drink. Stir it together and you're done. And it's got a great source of vitamins, nutrients, and fiber, and a lot of those things you need to boost your immune system. And right now, you can save 15% off your first order with the offer code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. That's BrickHouseSteve.com, offer code Steve. Subscribe today. If you decide, hey, I like this product so much, I'm going to have it just come here every month, you'll get a 10% off every month if you do that as well. So both of those discounts available at BrickHouseSteve.com when you use the promo code Steve. Again, both of them available at BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. We're going to discuss the return of Major League Baseball with our old friend Kurt Schilling coming up in the overtime today. The question I have is, why did they just do this two months ago? If both sides agree that the commissioner can just unilaterally impose a schedule, then what was the dog and pony show of the last two months? Do you know? Well, I believe we were already talking about that on some level with Kurt the last time he was on talking about baseball. Then why didn't they just say, we're just going to start, you know, We'll make sure we get into the heat of the summer. Camps, uh, you know, spring training camps reopen on July 1. Games start at the end of July. They could have done this two months ago. Well, I think the entirety of Aaron's montage proves that we can't have nice things. So there's your answer. I dare you to try to do something with it. I mean, a montage that on its face just deserves nothing but fire and ash, but in God's benevolent wisdom, he's withholding. So Steve, you're up. (laughs) Let's see what you got. Remember last week when the Babylon Bee had the headline, Chick-fil-A to open on Sundays, but only for black people? Do you remember that? (laughs) Yes. After the ridiculous genuflecting wokeism from Dan Cathy that we even talked about on this show a couple of days ago, right? And we're in in shining shoes. I I mean, I just... Why didn't he just do it in blackface while he was at it? I mean, how many other stereotypes... Offensive stereotypes is Dan Cathy going to check. The chicken maker, the fried chicken guy wants you to go shine black people's shoes. Really? Really? (laughs) It sounds ridiculous to say it out loud, doesn't it? It sounds like, frankly, some kind of step it and fetch it, Amos Amos and Andy, Jim Crow era, you know, racially charged stereotype from the from the racist South. Doesn't it? What it sounds like, or some late night skit sketch from like twenty years ago. I have expected to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, but it really happened. It really happened, and now. (laughs) We had the guy from the Babylon be one of their founders on the show a few months ago, right? And then when he when he was done, we did an overtime where we played a game of parody or prophecy. And Aaron came up with a series of headlines. Is this a Babylon Bee parody or is it a prophecy? Meaning, is this something that could legit happen in our society, right? You guys remember we did that? Mm-hmm. So one week ago, the Babylon Bee puts out something joking about, a, about an American institution providing extra benefits for black people that it would not for the general population, right? Yes. And a week later, a government in Oregon does that exact thing. That exact thing. I, I don't... 
what what commentary can I provide to that? That's my point. That that story comes with its own commentary. It comes with its own analysis. It is it is self evident. It is so obvious. It, it, what, what's more obvious than self evident? What's more obvious than that? Whatever that is, that's what that is. I, I don't. I can't add anything to that. I can't. Everybody already knows what they think about it. Everybody already knows what to think about it. I can't add a single thing other than, you know what? I can add this. I look forward to watching some lefty judge from the 666th District of Babylon when this gets challenged in court. I look forward to him issuing an opinion that actually undermines the equal protection under the law clause um, which is the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. And it's really the 14th Amendment is a confirmation and it's an expansion of the Fifth Amendment. No person shall be deli- denied life or liberty, life, liberty, or property without due process of law. That's the Fifth Amendment in the Bill of Rights. The 14th Amendment just cla- is part of a series of amendments, 13th, 14th, and 15th, passed, ratified after the Civil War, that clarify these, you know, the previous protections of the Constitution apply now to a new demographic that we recognize as citizens. That before, when we passed the Bill of Rights, we didn't recognize them as citizens, but now we do. That, that's what those are. They're clarifications, really, of, of the original language of the Constitution, expanding it to clarify that it means th- this group of people, black people, that we previously treated as chattel, we're now going to treat them as citizens, right? Because you know a lefty judge is going to have to make that choice. He's going to have to say, when this gets in front of him out there, He's going to have to say, because he's not going to strike this down, because he would be racist, right? He would be racist, right? So he is going to have to say, the lefty judge is going to have to admit, he's going to have to rule against the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and essentially reinstall one of the most heinous Supreme Court precedents of all time, Plessy versus Ferguson in 1898, a notorious case. Where the Supreme Court, this is where the notion of separate but equal comes from. The Supreme Court did um, ordain that you could have separate but equal in the United States of America. He's, he's going to have to, as, uh, the lefty judge is going to have to say the 14th Amendment is verboten and Plessy versus Ferguson is the new black. It's the new thing. Segregation is, segregation is the new black, Right. Right? Aaron was right yesterday. It's Calvin Ball. I have no idea. When the Bubba Wallace story broke, some of you may have noticed I didn't say anything. I didn't say a word. That's actually your pattern with stories like this, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I, generally, you don't, you don't need to. Yeah, I, I've, I've learned the hard way. Okay. And then I, I had to learn that lesson again early in the Trump presidency. I had to learn that if I'm start, whenever I'm going to start a tweet of with, if this is true, stop. Don't. Right? Okay. So just wait to find out what's true. Wait, just wait to find out. Let me throw this out there. Here, here's my, my big idea here now that summer has officially arrived. My big, my big first idea of the summer of 2020. Wait to see if something's true before you comment on it. And kids, that's all I got.
you two take it from here. Is that I, I your just, truth or I just, my truth? I just. I, <laughs> what if <sighs> I shot the proverbial wad, man? I'm good. I'm good. I got nothing left. That's the best I can offer you here at at, at twelve sixteen Eastern time. With an hour, with, with still three quarters of this show to go, the best I can offer you today is right now. Wait until something is true before you comment. I don't on got it. time like that, man. I'm busy tearing down statues about emancipation that are endorsed by Frederick Douglass. And in my hometown of Madison, Wisconsin, just proving once again I'm a freaking miracle growing up there and going to college there. They threw a Union sol- beheaded a Union soldier statue last night and threw it in the lake. An abolitionist Union it, soldier, uh, yes. Yes, an abolitionist. And then they also tore down the famous at the cap- the forward statue. Yeah. It's a woman, and it was there to uh, support uh, women's uh, suffrage. So the great transgendering I, of America continues. I, I think, Can you believe I exist? Here's, <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing, though. I think all of these, all of these Antifa mobsters... Actually, COVID affected them in a way that instead of seeing orange, they see bronze now. So they think bronze man bad. And that's why they're tearing down all these statues. I mean, that's about... Pewter man bad. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what you're saying is that anything of color is bad to them. When you said wait, all I heard is racist. Yes. So this story broke. I had questions. I, I... I had a myriad of questions. Number one, I, I am unfamiliar with NASCAR. I'm not a fan. Not my thing. All right? You're not against it. I'm not You're against just not it. I'm just yeah. not my thing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's Same with me. Thing. Yeah. I'm not like, it's not like soccer. I have a moral objection That's there. I understand that. Yeah. 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 I'm just, mean, why are we Sully? Let's just keep on NASCAR. Stay on task. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Point made. <laughs> Did you see your women's team got slapped down at the court again? How bad? How bad is your case? I know. <laughs> when you when you check every intersectionality box and still can find no relief by today's federal court system, how how bad must that case be? How bad must it be if the federal judges are looking at Megan Rapino and saying, "Please, please go away. You're like writing the content for the Steve Day Show. Please, all right, we got this." We, we, the raping of America, the pillaging of America is well underway. We've got it totally control, but you're a problem and you just need to go now. All right. You're, you're checking every box. You're, you're, you're the straw man the other side has wanted. Please take the millions of dollars from your endorsement deals and please just, girl, don't go away mad. Just go away. It has to be terrible if you're Megan Rapino, and now not one but two federal judges have said to you, what in the Sam Hill is this, right? Yes. Okay, you must have a bad case, all right? But back to the matter at hand here. Here's a question that I had. And, and I didn't bring this up at the time because there's so much going on, I, can't, I just can't stay on top of it all. So um, I think I've got fairly respectable brain capacity when it comes to... Um, absorbing numerous topics and flows and streams of information and analyzing them simultaneously. Even I have to, I've got to give my limit, man. I, I just, and so I've just decided that right now the two things that are the most existentially important are what's going on with the virus and what's going on with race relation, relations in America. And so I've just like devoted all the time I have on locking those topics down. Because otherwise, man, squirrel. I, we're getting hit with so many things right now. It would be like body blow, body blow. I, I, I just, and so I didn't, I didn't want to open up this new front on my social media because I thought, 
I'm, I'm going to get distracted. They're just going to investigate this and we'll find out what's true, right? Yeah. So just let it play itself out. But the question that I had is, how would you not know who had access to the garage of a driver? Like ever, number one, like ever, number one. But particularly in this environment, with all the testing and everything else that's going on and the social distancing that's going on, right? That I suppose you would not know who does. That doesn't bode well for you being the first sport out of the gate to return, which NASCAR was, if I recall, right? They've been actually at it for over uh, about a month now. That and pro wrestling, I think. Okay, yeah, all right. So, real sport. Um, I, I just one? Uh, nice, NASCAR. I, I just didn't understand how it was possible that you would not know who was given access to... It's, there, there's not 75,000 people in the, you know, Daytona Speedway right now. So... What's well, a multi-million dollar machine with proprietary technology. I, you just don't want people... And he's, any, isn't he like the Dale Earnhardt or somebody no, racing um, team? No, the other class. Oh, Richard Petty. Richard Petty, Okay, correct. so you're basically the George Washington yes. of NASCAR. All right, so he's, he's with the Richard Petty racing team. You just said, let anybody look under the hood, right, Steve? Yeah, I mean, this is the, right. Anybody can just mosey on by yeah. into the garage of a driver who was the number two driver in the rookie of the year from, from last year, right? And is the first driver, even though it wasn't a NASCAR, I think it was trucks and, and some other vehicle, like um, uh, I want to say it was RVs or something he was racing, uh, that, that he's, but he's like only like the second black NASCAR driver to win a race like ever, Right. So you're just going to let any, anybody can just, this guy's car in particular, and with the Richard Petty racing team, just anybody can walk in and see, you know, just what you got going on under the hood there. Nice car you got there. Anybody can do that. I have a hard time believing that's true in any environment, but particularly this one, where you're contact tracing everybody. You know who's coming and going. At least you should be, right? Mm-hmm. If not, that's another problem you have which is legality and liability and everything else i i just didn't it didn't make any sense to me someone could just get in there and not be known who it is but you know i'm also a total depravity guy right so i guess we'll you know we're still arguing in the year 2020 about whether to bring a confederate flag to a sporting event i I mean maybe it's true i don't know right so let's let this thing play itself out and find out for sure I believe 15 agents were dispatched by the FBI to investigate this. 15. 15. 15. And in about 48 hours, they came back and said, it's just all BS. Everything that was on every lean conspiratorial conservative site, like that conservative treehouse, everything they had up on their websites... 24 hours after this story broke, FBI said it's all true. It's not a hate crime. It's the rope that opens the garage. I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, to say that out loud is so preposterous. It's a Mr. Bean episode. Yes, it is. And I think that's what had, I'm fine with, I'm fine with judgment. I am. It's not like we don't deserve it, right? If I wasn't fine with judgment, I wouldn't have, you know, if I hadn't recognized judgment when it's deserved, I wouldn't have gotten converted, right? Because ultimately, a a spiritual conversion, the first thing you have to recognize is what? 
you are worthy of judgment. Yes. You have been weighed, measured, and found wanting, right? You you deserve the judgment. I mean, there's no point in, in, in turning your life over to another power or to accept the grace and forgiveness of, a, of your Savior if you don't think you need to be saved, right? The fear of God, the right? beginning and, of wisdom. Right, and so what do I need to be saved from? What is it I need to be saved from? Judgment. Judgment that I deserve. The judgment, not only that I deserve, but man, I worked for it. I earned it. The wage, it's the wage of sin. I earned that wage and the worker, his work is higher. I earned that, right? And so if I don't want that pay, if I don't want that paycheck coming on the first of the month, bone thugs at Harmony, I got to make it, I, I got to, you know, I need to convert. That, that's the whole point of this. I'm fine with judgment. I'm okay with it. That's step, step one of becoming a Christian is to be, oh, is to, is to learn to love judgment, to embrace the judgment. To know that you've got it coming. Otherwise, there's no need to become a Christian. That's right? good Catholic guilt talking right there. There you go. Okay. If we're going to look at it, if we're going to have a corporate judgment, listen, man, I'm not, I'm, not the, I'm not your Moses here. I'm not the guy that goes to God and says, can, can you take it easy on this batch? There might be somebody else on this channel or somewhere else that is willing to do that for you. I ain't the one. I'm not that one. <laughs> All right? I'm the one that goes there and says, what? has been the hold up here <laughs> right? where's your fastball god Come yes on. i'm not that guy not that guy not that guy okay um <clears throat> here's what i do have a problem with this judgment i have a big time problem with this one big time bigly some spoiled brat 110 pound white chick in a mask lecturing to cops that are black the tyrant of the suburbs known as Karen and I didn't and, and you know you you just know I'm a, I, that woman that got followed home in that video yesterday was Aaron's montage bet you lunch she's a Karen bet you lunch bet you lunch that if we really dug into her history, oh, I'm not. She's all. She's she's a supersized Karen, betcha. Because these kinds of people just that, that these, these people just don't these people kinds of people just tend to attract one another, right? I'm not arguing with it. Okay, yeah. you, you're on. Yeah. So we're going down to Neil, Karen, the 110 pound white chick who left the tanning bed to show up and and complain to two. Uh, uh, black male cops that uh, they're racist and she's more woke than they are. See, this is the judgment I have problem. I've got a big problem with. I'm wrestling with this judgment. I want, I want my MTV. Where? Where's my Genghis Khan? Where's my Philip of Macedonia? Where's my Alexander the Great? Where's my Attila the Hun? Where's my Saladin? Where's my Nebuchadnezzar? Right? Yeah. I mean, to me, you, you got to go out, fire up the John Bon Jovi. Let's just go out in a blaze of glory. It ain't like we don't have it coming, right? See, in God's defense, then, he's done this many, many times that way. And I think he just decided this, this time it's going to have a laugh track. And this time, you know, the thorn in your flesh, Steve, this time, just for Steve's sake, the background music for this thing is going to be red, red wine. I think that's that's where God's Gosh, at. I hate that song. But really, have, we've like, done... I want the story. I mean, hey, Thermopylae is a great story. They all died, 
right? Xerxes beheaded them all. But we remember those 300 people, right? Okay? Give me the Alamo, right? The committed, the committed remnant that goes down swinging to the last man. I'll take, I'm fine with that judgment and I'll take that, I'll take that entry in the encyclopedia, right? I'm, and I'll go to eternity with it. No wasted ammo. Ain't like we didn't have it coming. Let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a mighty stream, right? But this judgment is bothering the hell out of me. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. That's why I think it's provi- We can beat all these people up, man. It's pro- How is this happening? It's providential that Aaron's new woke math segment comes on this day as you're having this level of frustration because... With a, with a woman who's with the party of defund the police, wondering where are the police yes. at? Yes. The dumb. I, is, I'm, I'm struggling with the dumb. Not the judgment, but the dumb. The dumb. I can't be alone. I can't be. Buy, sell, hold is next. and Josh were both losing their hair, which is no shock since the dreaded male pattern baldness gene ran in each of their families. But the way they chose to deal with this problem could not have been much different. Kyle did the typical guy thing, putting it off, not confronting problems. Uh, The son of Adam that he is, and therefore he just kept losing more hair. Meanwhile, Josh decided to take initiative. So he went to Keeps to learn how to keep his hair because Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products. That makes them the real deal. And since they're the generic versions, Josh saved a fortune as well. All it took was a quick online consultation. He then answered a few questions, snapped a few pics of his hair, and then a doctor evaluated everything and recommended the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment just for Josh. And then it was shipped discreetly to his door. Can't be any easier than that, any more convenient than that. How about we make it even cheaper for you? Half off your first order on top of all of that convenience. Half off your first order right now. If you go to keeps.com slash grow, K-E-E-P-S, keeps.com slash grow. That's keeps.com slash grow. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold our weekly game of fun and frivolity. Our cavalcade of whimsy where Aaron, with a little help from his friends, puts out a series of predictions, statements, etc. Todd and I will then decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? No topic is off limits. However, if what you're asking us to comment on is dumb, we are permitted once per week to use a hold. If, though, we use the hold for any reason other than the self-evident lameness of what we're being asked to comment on, then that is a violation of the dude code called punking out. And yes, you will be punished. Aaron. We will start with Constantinos Roditis, who says, Still early, but as of now, Mark Meadows has been an ineffectual and disappointing chief of staff. Bye. And the best evidence for my claim is... I was talking to a buddy of mine who works in D.C. and works closely with the White House. And uh, this was last week. And, uh, and he mentioned to me, yeah, I was talking to Meadows the other day and, and I stopped him when he said that. I said, dude, I, I totally forgot he was chief of staff. I like, 
did, I, I forgot. Like, it, I didn't even think about it. I mean, I remember putting Mark Meadows on my show all the time when he was first running as a Tea Party guy. What state I'm thinking? It was North Carolina. Uh, when he first won the primary. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say we like buddies, but I've like, you know, known of him or we've known of each other for, gosh, that was what, seven, eight years ago now. And I, I forgot that he was the chief of staff. If that's not a statement affirming, ineffectual and disappointing, that it's like you're just not there, I, I, don't, I don't know what is. And it goes to a great mystery that I'm trying to get the answer to. Because there's a lot more people like Mark Meadows in this administration than are typically in a Republican administration, actually. There are. There's actually a lot more people working in and around this White House, like us and like all of you that are listening and watching, than you would typically get from a, 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 a well, low bar. It's low a low bar, bar but it, there's more, su- substantially more. Now, I would argue not enough, but you know me, I'm tough to please, okay? But it, there is a significant number of people working in and around this White House that are, that are like us than we have seen probably, I would go back maybe Reagan's first term. And then a lot of those people left and, you know, the, the Jim Baker, Howard Baker people kind of came in and second terms are usually awful. And that's one of the reasons why is the true believers are like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life and go home and want to write a book, make money for the first time and then live the rest of their lives. And, and then the, the, the system, you know, what we call, what's the word we're using today now? We've called this the establishment before, the swamp, right? The swamp kind of comes in and, you know, the lifers. Take over in this state in the second term, yeah. But for right now, there is a lot more people working in and around this White House, like us and our viewers and listeners, than than you would find in a Republican administration, the previous couple of Republican administrations. And 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 they're in some places of prominence and authority, like Mark Meadows, chief of staff. In a normal White House, either party. That's that that is arguably the most powerful position in America that doesn't require an election or congressional approval is chief of staff because you're the gatekeeper of what gets in and out of that White House with the, with that president gets seen and when he's working eight days a week, man, right? I mean, you're the gatekeeper of that. And and the great mystery is this is why there's so much scrutiny of Jared Kushner. Because the great the, the the theory is there must be somebody above this all this infrastructure of our people. I mean, they basically emptied the halls of Heritage Foundation to fill the Trump administration. Does it feel like that on a given day, though, when you watch how they govern and message? Nope, no. no. And so people have been. That's where the idea of Jared Kushner as the worm tongue or the boogeyman has come from because people are trying to have have deduced there must be a layer of of bureaucracy that over over all of this this these activists that that populate this administration that just veto them right and the only person they can think of that would have that kind of authority is jared kushner so there you go when did he become chief of staff meadows did a few months ago i want to say so in his or anybody's defense, because it did seem like it was late, 
late in 2019, if not early 2020, but then all of a sudden you've got coronavirus lockdown, uh, you just the, the race riots, the, a level of chaos outside of the norm. But the simple test for me with a guy like him is 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 the is the chaotic thinking of Donald Trump honed and focused into the things that he does best and does it take care of the low-hanging fruit and god knows progressives provide plenty of that on a regular basis and i think the only honest answer is no he hasn't so i will buy the premise that he's been a failure so far this one is submitted via electronic mail from brian boyer who says the noose bubba wallace found in his garage is the same noose that jeffrey epstein used to kill himself oh Oh. that's bye bye brilliant by the way in that don lemon clip did he call him bubba watson Oh, Lord. Um, did he do that? I have no idea. Or, uh, or did I, can... I see a clip last night of him calling him Bubba Watson in my Twitter feed by mistake? Well, let's face it. Do you think Don Lemon had ever heard of this Bubba? No. Last until this week? You don't think gay black man from the Upper East Side of Manhattan is uh, yeah. tuning into, you know, he's not uh, tuning into the, the left-hand turn for three hours on a Saturday? Yeah. Don't think he's using his free time for that, no? Yeah. Stereotype much, Todd? Bit. Not the clip that I used. Yeah. He used he he used earlier in the night. He used Bubba Watson. He did call him Lord, Bubba Watson, the golfer. Lord have mercy. Because you know, for a wealthy socialite in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, golf would be more of his speed, right? And those well, those are two sports that are very easy to confuse. Yes. Uh, golf yeah. and NASCAR. Uh, moving on, Greg Sorrell says, while we're distracted by civil unrest, a foreign power will initiate either an uh, electronic, uh, yeah. what does the EMP stand I for? I forget what the M Electromagnetic pulse. Electromagnetic, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, full-scale cyber attack or military action on U.S. soil in the next decade. Oh, bye. You gave me a decade? Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. If you gave me a decade, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like lunch tomorrow is possible yeah that, that that's been the number one argument i have had for why we have to make an example of these antifa thugs okay i, I mean they're terrorists but they're they're the the dwarf on terrorism kind right i mean a lot of these are just spoiled white brats whose daddy you know wore too many skinny jeans and bought too many volvos with coexist bumper stickers and cul-de-sacs if he was even around all right this is for this is this is um, uh, the violence and the carnage they cause is real, but the the threat that they are to the sovereignty of the United States corporately is not. They're, they're this is the, the it's pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is real. It hurts to do the things they do. Guys get hurt all the time, injured all the time. The life expands of these guys as they get older. It's similar to football players if they do it for too long, right? Because of the wear and tear of that. It is real. It's just the outcome is scripted. Know what I'm saying? That They, they really are picking up 300-pound men over their heads and slamming them down on a canvas. And you can put all the cushion on that canvas you want, all right? It's still going to hurt. The momentum of another large man from that height throwing you down on any uh, on a flat surface is going to hurt, right? And, and and if you fall wrong, even with the cushioning in that canvas, slip a disc, maybe paralyzed, 
There have been stories like this in pro wrestling. So the contact is real. The outcome is scripted. Antifa is like pro wrestling. The, con- the, the, the carnage and violence that they do is real. But the idea that that you're going to wake up one day and that these are the guys who are going to raise the black flag at the White House that you didn't see coming, it's not these guys, all right? But, but, if you show the professionals that you'll let, and these guys aren't even, Antifa's not even the minors. So like the, the the Winter League in Venezuela, the players used to go play, okay? It, I mean, it's like A ball, rookie ball. The Independent League in Minneapolis or Daryl Strawberry ended his career in. That, that's what Antifa is compared to Islamic Jihad, the Muslim Brotherhood. It's the Independent League. That's the majors. That's the show. If you let the, the, the true professionals here, if you send them the signal that you're this vulnerable to incursion, at the very least, you have incentivized them to give it a shot. So I buy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely buy. Tylen Wheeler says, Foreigner is secretly one of the greatest 80s bands. You know all their songs, but you never hear about them. I would buy. The only reason I wouldn't is about half of their, the, the best songs in their catalog were actually in the 70s. All right, I want to say their debut album that Cold as Ice was on. I want to say that was 76 yeah. or 77. They were that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, that would be my only hesitation is at least half of their catalog of some of their best stuff wasn't actually in the 1980s. But the spirit of it, I think, is valid. So I'll buy. Yeah. I'll I'll sell uh, partially for that reason, and while I have no problem with Foreigner, not in greatest. I mean, they're definitely in the second tier, but greatest is too high a bar. Bacon says, law and order. Buy. And, and sell. Sell. I, I don't think the people that are, are, are saying this, well, the person saying this, I don't believe that he means it. In the end, you know a tree by its fruit. It's not what you say, it's what you do. But he used all caps this yeah. time, Steve. Yeah. yeah. Chad says, people who virtue signal are trying to compensate for feeling bad about themselves and their sins, and that would need to go away if they had a right relationship with the Creator. Bye. Bye. This is a counterfeit religion. Yep. And just as there's a God-shaped hole in all of our hearts... What, and, and, and we will, and that's where idolatry, that stained glass window word we've been using a lot more the last few years on this show. But that's where it comes from. The idea that we'll place something of this world into that place, into that spot in our hearts to give us meaning and fulfillment that can't. And in and, and any way, ultimately, that a relationship with our creator and the, and, the, and the acknowledgement of our purpose that goes along with that comes from. The same thing goes for here. This is an acknowledgement. The world is, the culture is acknowledging it needs forgiveness. The culture is acknowledging that it, that it wants to feel the freedom of forgiveness. It wants redemption. This is just a counterfeit for it. And there's, and there's no redemption found. 
which is why you just have to keep doing this over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know, within within Christian history, there's been a debate with different vestiges of Christianity about what's called eternal security. Once once you are converted, are you converted? Are you are you once saved, always saved? Is somehow how it's described, or or can you backslide, or can you lose your salvation? Right. But that argument begins, at least even people that are on opposite sides of it, begin with the premise, though, that a salvation has taken place. We're just arguing whether or not you have you can squander that salvation. Salvation cannot be achieved here. There is never a moment where you're good enough. There is never a moment when you arrive. A little bit like Islam. You can perform the five pillars of Islam your entire life as perfectly as you could possibly try. Make that Hajj to Mecca more than once. Alms to the poor. All five of the pillars of Islam. You can read and know the Quran in original Arabic back to front and front to back. And still at the end, though, you may not know that Allah will grant you paradise. That's why, according to other aspects of Islamic tradition and various hadiths, we act like the hadith is one book. There's multiple hadiths, actually. And, and in some of those hadiths, one way to, that you are taught that you can be granted eternal security with Allah is to die in the cause of jihad. That's why they're always able to recruit people. Because there's Islamic traditions that say this is one way to achieve eternal security. But in this counterfeit religion of the, of the world, there, it, eternal security is never offered to you. You can't repent enough, ever. It's like a reverse racism, like a reverse Jim Crow. That you're automatically guilty because of the color of your skin. So you can't get a good enough ratio. You can't virtue signal enough. And so you just have to keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again. And, and, and this is really not a redemption or a salvation as much as it's a, thank you, sir, may I have another? You're, you're inviting yourself to be flogged, basically. Todd? Yeah, I've, I mean, I can't add anything to that. It's, of course, true. And it's another piece of evidence that goes with what I've been saying on this show for years. This is a cult. It is the spirit of the age cult that is the primary challenger to the Judeo-Christian morality and, and ethical system that this country was founded on, the biblical worldview. And unless we attack it that way, we cannot defeat it. More in a moment. All right, back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program at D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. That's D-E-A-C-E. Uh, you can also, if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample for yourself and then share with others, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. That's YouTube.com slash Steve 
Steve Dace. And then finally, if you're a podcast listener to the show, thank you very much for that. If you wouldn't mind clicking the subscribe button and then giving us a five-star review if you like the show because those two things help the show to grow. Thank you to the thousands of you that have done that for us already. Much obliged. Daniel Horowitz, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. Part two of Buy, Sell, or Hold is brought to you by Rough Greens Vitasmart. You know why we're taking so many supplements these days? Because those digestive enzymes, vitamins, nutrients, probiotics, prebiotics, uh, all of those things, those omega oils that we need are stripped out of our food, in many cases, for long shelf life, mass production, mass consumption. Because if you leave that stuff in there, the food spoils faster. It's more expensive to reproduce it. So we take that stuff out of the food to make it cheaper, but then we just end up paying more money on the back end for supplements to replace that stuff because otherwise we are unhealthier. Same thing happens to our pets. You know that dry dog food your pet loves? It's probably been stripped of all those things too. That's why you want to check out Rough Greens Vitasmart. It is not a new dog food. It's a premium dog food supplement. You just sprinkle it on top of your dog's food and apparently it makes your dog's food taste even better. At least that's what our dog Cap thinks because he thinks this stuff tastes absolutely great. And right now, you can try it to see if maybe you can reboot your dog, your dog's health, your pet's uh, vitality and make your dog thrive again for $14.95 for just 14 days. Take the Jumpstart Challenge from Rough Greens Vitasmart. It's just $14.95 for 14 days at roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F is how that's spelled. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. Again, that is roughgreens.com slash blaze. Aaron. We'll go next to Constitutional A-Hole, who says conservative ink not being bothered by intentional erasure of history until the founding fathers were targeted is proof that there never was more than a spark of a movement to begin with. Bye. You can go first, then. Go ahead. Since you jumped right on that grenade. I've been saying it forever. What's wh- why, why do we even use this word? What did it... I, I understand all the principles on paper of what it means, but in terms of a movement, moving, doing things, kinetic energy, what, what, what did it accomplish? I'm going to sell great after party at CPAC last year. That's what it had accomplished. <laughs> I, I'm going to sell because I, I think it is arrogant and presumptuous, presumptive of me in hindsight, to look back on, and some of these are people that I have been blessed to get to know, Richard Vigory, um, Phyllis Schlafly, and and just say, when I wasn't there, you know, when they drew up the Sharon statement with Bill Buckley, and I wasn't there when they founded CPAC, and I wasn't there when they uh, vaulted Ronald Reagan to the presidency ahead of a very qualified field of people that the Republican party all preferred over him. I wasn't there for those days when they really were moving things, when they made things happen. And I think it's unfair of me now to say that there was never a movement to begin with. I don't even think it's accurate. No, but the question is, there was never more than a spark of a movement. And 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 I wasn't there to know, was it just a spark or was it a full-fledged... I, I don't know. I will tell you since... Here's what I can tell you. So I, I'm going to sell because, I, I, in my opinion, from my own experience, I think it goes too far to say to begin with. But I will tell you in the time that I have been involved in this, I've, I've not seen... The only time I've ever seen a movement, ever 
is what we did in Iowa with the judges. We created a movement there. I mean, that was, and what's the, what, do you, what do we mean by a movement? Where you disrupt the paradigm. That, that you, you mobilize people to do something they have previously not done before or um, to do so again. And let me throw a stat at you that's just going to make you cry. 21 of the last 28 Supreme Court justices have been appointed by Republican presidents. 21 of the last 28. 21 of the last 28. Yep. What is the number one ultimate reason most of our people have stuck with the Republican Party all of these years? Judges. The judges. You're going to argue yourself into my point. And that... It's not even a fallacy. It's self-refuting. I mean, it's been a majority. And and that stat, by the way, goes back to the Eisenhower presidency. There have been 28 U.S. Supreme Court justices that have been appointed since Dwight Eisenhower got elected to the White House. And 21 of them were appointed by Republicans. And yet... Over the entire course of that time, what has been the primary institution that the the left has utilized to impose its vision quest, the U.S. Supreme Court. So, in the time I've been involved, as we were just beginning when I got into this to accept the fallacy that courts are the overlord, right? Like if, if you if you went to a court in the in the 1980s when Reagan was president and with a lawsuit that said um, guys should be able to try out for the women's sports teams. You would you would have got no cert. No, no one, not even in San yeah. Francisco would that have gotten a standing. Maybe some maybe a local circuit court in San Francisco would have done that for you. But like, could you have gone to the Ninth Circuit, the infamous Ninth Circuit in 1982? No, no, they would have laughed you out of the building. That's why I'm not comfortable doing a reverse engineering ex post facto judgment of my elders that far back. That's why I'm not comfortable. Okay? But when I, I'm fine doing it in the time that I've been involved here. And in the time that I've been involved here, I've, I've not... There was one other, one other spark of a movement, the Tea Party, for about a year before the grifters came in and realized the amount of money they could make off of this. But the Tea Party for about a year was a movement. Um, and then what we did in Iowa against the judges, those are the only two movements I've seen in my career. And I'll, I've, I've been haunted for years about a con- by a conversation I had with J.C. Watts years ago. And he, ta- he told me about how he was thankful to the civil rights movement. Because without them, a black kid like him was never going to be the starting quarterback at a school like the University of Oklahoma. But then when he got to school and he got his degree and he went out and became successful, it was like, and he was like, hey, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I want to do the American dream now. I don't want to be a perpetual victim. They, they couldn't raise any money off of him anymore. No more books to write off of those success stories. And so they basically disowned him. And he realized that the civil rights movement had devolved from a movement into an industry is what he told me. 
And he said he saw the same thing happen when he got elected with the Repu- to Congress with the revolution of 1994. That for about six months, they were really there and trying to change things. But then sooner or later, the machine takes over and it's about fundraising. And he was reading a story in the newspaper once about how he was one of the top three fundraisers in the Republican Party. Really showing off their new black congressman. And he looked at me and said, Steve, I had not done a fundraiser since I'd been in office. My staff was yelling at me. Hey, you got to raise some money for your reelect. We had been working so many hours. Remember, Newt had us up there with the first hundred days till 2 a.m. most days doing the contract with America. I wasn't raising any money. I hadn't been back home, done a single fundraiser, and I opened up the newspaper. I, I don't remember if it was the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, one of those. It says I'm one of the top five fundraisers in the Republican Party. I hadn't done a single fundraiser. I, I mean, we were barely coming up for air. We were trying to govern. And he said, I did a little homework. You know what I found? The Republican Party was raising money off of me. I didn't even realize it. Just anxious to raise money off their rare, of a black guy so that they didn't look racist. I didn't see any of it. I didn't know where it was going. And eventually, I ended up leaving Washington because I was already a part of one thing that devolved from movement to industry called the Civil Rights Movement. It's why, it's why Al Sharpton's on TV this morning, not letting the news go for Bubba Wallace, and why he's not in any inner city in America wondering, when are we going to finally close this four-decade-long achievement gap between, our, between the black kids and everybody else? That's why he's not negotiating peace between Crips and Bloods where they're literally picking, choosing the high schools in L.A. and Crenshaw that, that belong to the gang, which, which gang controls which school, and then they settle the, the debate out in the streets. It's why he's not getting his hands dirty trying to stop that level of black-on-black tragic crime. There's no money to be made there. There's no brand enhancement to happen there. But with Bubba Wallace, there is. So he's going to milk that puppy for all it's worth. And J.C. Watts said to me, I, 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 I saw this as a, as a successful black man. I already saw this with the civil rights movement. Like, we didn't want success stories. We just wanted more grievances to milk. I mean, there was never a point where like, hey, we won the argument. On with the rest of our lives. Like, there were, like we couldn't win. We didn't want to. We just wanted to reset the grievance and just change the terms of it. Because it was an industry now. There was money to be made off of this. Brands to be built off of this. So I saw the same thing happen during my term in Congress with the, with the conservative movement. It became about, you know, my books at CPAC and speaking engagements. And for six months, it was a cool thing. And I'm like, I, I'm not devoting the rest of my adult life to that. So I left when I was popular. I could have gotten elected probably another 10, 20 years if I wanted to. But I, I'd already, I was already part of a movement that devolved to an industry. All I've ever seen in my time here is the industry. That's all I've ever seen. And that much of what goes on in the American right is governed by what will get you on Fox News. That's our virtue signal. On the left, it's what gets me the ratio I want on Twitter. That's why NASCAR doesn't regret playing up the Bubba Wallace uh, hate crimes hoax at all. First of all, they don't have to worry about you, you revolting in the stands. You can't go to the races right now anyway, right? So they, they were never going to risk the talking point of, well, NASCAR's attendance is carved in half. We, they, they did a fake race hoax. You can't go anyway. So they don't risk alienating you from not going, voting with your pocketbook. They don't risk that. Meanwhile, if you looked at what their social media ratio is on Twitter, the virtue signaling points they're getting, the, it was in the Don Lemon clip that, that, that Aaron, hey, I'm just glad NASCAR's doing what they're doing for you. Race, race hoaxes, that's what they're doing, basically. That's what they're doing, right? hoaxes. 
or they suck at securing the uh, the vehicles that actually determine who wins the race or not. <laughs> All right? One or the other is true. This was enormously successful for NASCAR because they're already losing money with their fans anyway. That's why you think it's a coincidence they chose the year you can't go to ban the Confederate flag? It's not a coincidence. They, they, you already couldn't go. So that, they don't have to worry about the alienating talking point. And they still get all the social justice virtue signaling points. Our side has the same thing. So Aaron did Will It Woke. If I really, if boy, oh boy, oh boy, if I really wanted to go scorched earth, we would start a new segment called Will It Fox. <laughs> Laugh all you want. But that is, except for a couple of places, and thank God I work with one of them. That is the driving impulse almost everywhere else on the American right. And then this new faction of always never Trumpers that just, they want to get on Meet the Press instead. Will it meet the press? Will it get me on Meet the Press? So will it Fox or will it meet the press? That's what drives, the, that's the virtue signal of, the, of much of the American right. Not will it save a country? Will it conserve our way of life? Sorry for that long-winded answer. No, that was good stuff. Moving on, Sam Wise says many people knew that the garage and knew that it was a garage pull rope, but they were all too afraid to be the first to say it. Buy. I'll probably buy that. And, yeah. and not even for nefarious reasons. I could couldn't you see yourself looking at that and thinking, I gotta be missing something. It can't be this obvious. Right. It can't be this dumb. There must be another part yeah. of it. So why don't I just that's because I'll tell you, that's what I thought. I'm like, it can't. There, there has to be another angle here. Just let him investigate it. We'll find out what the truth is. So there's no point in saying anything. So there's two reasons that you would do that. One is you just didn't want to get called a racist. And the other was, I don't know, I'm not a big car guy, but that, you know, that looks like the rope I used to yank my garage door with when I was a kid. Am I missing something? Right? So I, I kind of thought it, I was going to look dumb for calling it that. Couldn't be that obvious. Uh, let's see. Next, can I go now? Says if Joe Biden wins, he won't resign until January twenty first, twenty twenty three. So his female uh, person of color VP can be the second longest serving president after FDR. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, I think you've too much. Math I think there. you're giving them too much credit. Too much credit. Okay, sell I, because I don't care. If if they were capable of that level of look ahead, they wouldn't have let Bernie Sanders get as close to inevitable as he was before they had to pull literally a necromance in broad daylight over seventy two hours. Okay, so I I'm, I'm going to sell. I wouldn't give him that much credit. Next, G Chum says, "Bronze man bad is the new orange man bad." Hashtag <laughs> statues. That's what you said earlier, mm-hmm. right? I'll buy. I like that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, John Endicott says, now that uh, MLB will play games, America can turn all its hate back onto the Yankees. Sell. Sell. Too much hate to go around here. Too much, too much, there's, yes, sadly. Uh, in, in one group in particular, there's, there's too much hate to go around. Too much. Sell, and hating the Yankees, these are apples and oranges. Hating the Yankees is a good old-fashioned all American That's Americana hate. right there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, they, yeah, yeah. and the Yankees embrace it. Derek Jeter thought it was a privilege. 
you know, to yeah, go they in and get that hate. Yeah, yeah. So, By yeah, kicking your ass yeah, all absolutely. these decades. That, yes. That's a totally different animal than the garbage we're dealing with. All right, Millennial Falcon is playing in the street. He has the top 10 worst to best Star Wars movies. Number 10, The Last Jedi. Number 9, Return of the Jedi. Number 8, The Phantom Menace. Number 7, The Clone Wars. 6, Force Awakens. 5, New Hope. Uh, well, boy, there's multiple fives and six in theirs. Uh, six, <laughs> Solo, A Star Wars Story. 5, A New Hope. 4, The Rise of Skywalker. 3, Rogue One. 2, Revenge of the Sith. And one Empire Strikes Back. I, I have to, first of all, you got to count better. <laughs> I have to sell on that. Number number two, I'll let you get away with The Last Jedi's a worse movie than The Phantom Menace if your grievance is what Todd's grievance is, right? That they just went way too postmodern because as a piece of filmmaking, as a standalone piece of filmmaking, The Last Jedi is a high quality piece of filmmaking it is it from from it just in terms of the aestheticness and talent it is so superior to the rise of skywalker just from the quality of the look the feel of the film the pace of the film the writing of the film it's dramatically better but if your grievance is what todd's grievance is and aaron's as well which is that it that it wrecked the canon of star wars irrevocably and that's why you have it last you'll get no beef from me i think that's a legit case okay Mm-hmm. But to say there are two Star Wars movies worse than The Phantom Menace, I, the dude will not abide that. No. The Phantom Menace doesn't really, except for one scene, the rest of that movie, when you watch it now, you think to yourself they, that Lucas waited 15 years to make a Star Wars film, and this was the best he could come up with. It's a dreadful movie. The CGI is it's bad. It's bad, George Bush. It's bad. When you watch it now, you think to yourself, why did we... This is the movie that I, I bought tickets to go see, uh, you know, uh, Wing Commander, a, a terrible movie based on a video game because it was the film that debuted the trailer for Star Wars, episode one. I That's how devoted I was to see this film and it's this bad. There's no way... I'll give you The Last Jedi on moral grounds if that's your debate, if that's your... Cause, but there's no way you can legitimately say there are two Star Wars movies worse than The Phantom Menace. You can't. The Phantom Menace and is awful. One of them can't be Return of the Jedi. If you're I was try. on top of that, yes. Yeah, I come mean, on, come on. Yeah. Return In of fact, the Jedi number nine. There's a, there 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 could be. I'm just gonna say, if if a white, a Conoline van pulls up in front of your home. With nondescript plates, who was it that sent this? A millennial falcon. And and if you're if you know millennial falcon, and you can't account for his whereabouts for about twenty four hours, and then when he comes back, he's like suddenly on his best behavior and like you know willing to serve mankind more. I had nothing to do with it. Makes sense. Uh, moving on, Christian says Tucker Carlson will be canceled by the GOP before he's canceled by the left. Oh, bye. Bye. Yep. Absolutely, bye. Yeah. You bet, bye. I can speak, dude, testify. I can testify to that. Okay. It's not even close. And the calculus they're weighing and measuring right now goes to what you said before about turning into an industry. Yep. Do they cancel or can we make some money from them first yes. right now? They're, yes. they're doing the math. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I mean, that the especially if Trump loses. He's especially dangerous if Trump loses. 
Because if Trump loses, there's a massive vacuum and void for leadership in the GOP, right? And what's going to happen five seconds after this election? What's going to start? The presidential primary for 2024. Now, if Trump wins, it's going to start like five minutes after the election. But if Trump loses, dude, it's going to start five seconds after. Like, I remember when Bobby Jindal invited me to come down to the Superdome, sit in his suite with him to watch my Detroit Lions play his New Orleans Saints in an NFL playoff game. That was in January of 2012. Mitt Romney wasn't going to lose for another 10 months. People were already making their plays so confident that, 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 that if Romney won the nomination, he could not beat Obama. People are already laying markers down for the 2016 cycle. I did not know that story. Yes. I've never told you that before. No. Yeah. Who was Haley Barber invited me to go down to Mississippi to see how he had rebuilt the state after Hurricane Katrina because he wanted to that run I too. Knew. You know about that one? Okay. Did you go to that game? No, no I did not go. I, didn't think I did so. not go. No. I knew we weren't. It's not that I was above it. I just knew we weren't going to win and I didn't want to sit there and watch us get killed. <laughs> Because you know me, I'm yeah. to- I'm totally fine taking your stuff and then still doing. I I will feel no oh, yeah. pressure to give you what you want. This is true. You've seen me do it. I've seen like it. if you offer, don't offer me something if you don't want me to take it. Like I won't deny it. The reason I didn't take Haley Barber up on his offer is I've been to Mississippi already for the Independence Bowl, and I just there was I didn't really feel like great yearn to go back. Okay, but uh, don't yeah don't it, listen. Memo to people that will come to Iowa to start running here this time next year. Don't offer me something if you don't want me to take it from you. Because I probably will. And then I feel no compulsion or pressure on any level to give you what you want in return. I won't. I'm totally okay with just accepting your gift and then doing what I was going to do anyway. One of my favorite moments of this is when um, our, the new Republican Speaker of the House got elected here in Iowa when I was still a local radio guy. And he invited me to our, every town's got the big exclusive restaurant, right? 801 Grand is our place here in Des Moines. And he invited me to lunch at 801 Grand. And he, everybody, they're all dressed up. Dude, I showed up in t-shirt and jeans. And it was funny too, all the help, the people that were staffing our catered in lunch in the suite, all knew who I was and listened to my show and said hi to me. And I just talked to them the whole time. Okay. <laughs> right? I didn't go know in, who he was though. Th- yeah. Didn't know who he was. I go into the lunch, all right, with this house speaker and, and, and his buddy. And, uh, we have a great lunch. You know, we cracked some jokes, talked about issues and stuff. Food was really good. When it was done though, I looked at him and said, I want you guys to know this will have absolutely no bearing on what I say on my radio show this afternoon or, any afternoon forthcoming. And that if you guys, if you guys keep your promises that you made to my audience to, that got you elected to these jobs, if you'll keep your promises, I'll be the best friend you ever had from four to seven in the afternoon. But if you don't, you're going to wish my daddy wore a condom that night. I told them that right to their face. After the, I, mean, I made sure to eat the lunch first. That was some good looking food and I was hungry. All right. So I ate the lunch first and then I told him it'll have no bearing on though, how I did my show. I think I proved that point in the, in the months and years to come, didn't I? In spades. Indeed. By the way, th- that also means, did we have any more lunches like that? No. No, no, we, we did not. try to get you fired. Yes, instead. yes. So I will accept all of your gratuities. I just won't feel like I have to owe you anything. No, it wasn't that I wasn't like above taking Bobby Jindal's offer. I just knew the Lions had no chance to go on the road and win a playoff game, and it was just going to be a pain in the rear end trip just to go. And the Lions ended up getting losing by like 30 points or something in that game, if I recall. But yeah. So... um, 
Tucker Carlson's far more dangerous if Trump loses. Because the platform he has right there on Fox, the most watched show in all of cable news, if he stays on the path that he's on right now, you want to talk about moving the Overton window, baby. On the right, I mean, he's going he's gonna to be smashing it nightly if he stays on this path. Yeah, we're in William and, Jennings Bryan oh, Cross yeah. of Gold yeah. speech here. And, and, if, and, and what that will do to, to, to seed the environment. And listen, I'm not going to give you false humility. Unless they move the Iowa caucuses because of people like me, I'm going to have a say in what the environment is in the next primary cycle. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and pretend I have no influence at all. I don't have as much influence. I'll tell you this truth, too. I don't have as much influence as the media pretends that I do. I just let them say it because it's good for the brand. I don't have all the influence they say that I do. But I do have a significant amount. Is that fair? Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm not like the ultimate determiner. That's probably Vanderplatz, frankly. All right. But I definitely have some say in what the environment is here. It's undeniable. So so I, I will have a say in what that environment is like after this election when Iowa kicks back up again. But nobody has a bigger platform than Tucker Carlson does. Nobody does to do that. Primetime, 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox. If he stays on this road, he will make life suck for the Republican Party. And you will see them absolutely try to take him out. He's far more dangerous to the Republican Party in that environment than he is the Democrats. Uh, Next one, uh, Big Dog Mom says, Trump will get so fed up with lackluster attendance at his rallies that he schedules an Oval Office address to finally tell the truth about the virus and the tyranny associated with it. I think that sounds crazy, but it's a heck of a lot closer to the truth than maybe we we would give it. Sell. I want to buy so bad, but everything in me tells me to sell. I really want to buy, though. Does he finally tell the truth? Does he even know what the truth is? See, I don't think that he does, at least given the people that he's been taking advice right. from on this. I mean, what Wait, he just said, we, you had it on your, your montage. He just said, I saved hundreds of yeah. thousands of people. Yeah. I, I, there would have to be some kind of event with all these counter experts that are finally given a hearing, right? Right. But as long as Debbie Burks and, and, and to a lesser degree, Debbie Burks, but certainly Anthony Fauci remain the symbols of the White House's viral response team, I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I don't. I see him instead trying to have it both ways mm-hmm. and, and end up satisfying neither camp with that message, right? That's, that's kind of what I see. Yeah. Paul Howard says God's principle of reaping what you sow still applies even if he grants us revival instead of bust. He won't be mocked. Uh, agreed. I mean, that's why there's a, I, I will buy. That's why there's a Good Friday before a Resurrection Sunday. Absolutely. Bye. Uh, there, you, the justice must be served. Agreed. Next is Ed Zactly, who says the national grocery chain will lead the charge in canceling and renaming blackberries, black Angus, black cherries, black grapes, black olives, etc. Because racism. I'm so tired. I'm tired. <sighs> it's, I, I'm I buying should... on the premise. And it's 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 crazy voices in your head. There's it's something. Dude, that we're, we're, dumb we're, we're, is going to happen. Ulysses Grant, who literally declared war as president on the KKK, as general, defeated the Confederacy and burnt it to the freaking ground, is getting his statue turned turned over. The guy who signed the Emancipation Proclamation, getting his statue uh, defaced. 
the abolitionist we talked about in your hometown of Madison, Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. Which even Chris Hayes is on Twitter now yeah. looking at this saying, really? We're doing this now? So tell me, what is the restraint that stops that from happening? What would be the, what would be the event that would occur? I don't know what it would be. So I'm going to buy, sadly. All right, quickly, Go Bucks and Cancer Sucks says, top five albums of the 90s, number one, Nevermind Sell. by Nirvana, Sell. number two, Mar- 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 10 Sell. by Pearl Jam, number three, The Chronic by Dr. Dre, number four, Octung Baby, number five, Metallica by Metallica. The Black Album, I- I'd be fine if you wanted to put any of it, Nevermind by Nirvana is not the best album of the 90s, Sell. Correct. Selling that. Okay. The rest of that it. list isn't bad. The rest of that list is not bad. It's just they got the wrong number one, so I got to sell on merit. We'll come back. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will join us. Daniel Horowitz next. Trying to sell your home can be a challenge in any market. Any environment, but particularly this one right now. That's why you want to make sure you get a real estate agent who's going to come in and then be all in until the very end. Take charge of the situation. And that's why you want to make sure you can find a real estate agent that you can trust. And that's where Real Estate Agents I Trust comes in. This is a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates because they had experiences with real estate agents that they couldn't trust and they wanted to do something about it. And they want to make sure that you don't follow in their footsteps, that when you have the kind of agent that you're looking for, somebody that is working for you, and therefore you can rest assured that you're going to be in more than capable hands uh, with their team and them themselves. They're going to see you through all the way to the uh, end of the selling process. From the day you interview them until the moment you sign on the dotted line. Same goes if you're buying a home as well. When you choose your agent through Real Estate Agents I Trust, you've just partnered yourself to a winning competitive machine, a team of people who are going to see it through to the end for you. I've stated that now like three times to see a, a theme there, right? Commitment, finishing it, honoring it. Real Estate Agents I Trust the name says it all. Go to the website to learn more. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's get to our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz joining us now here on Blaze TV. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? Steve, I feel like I'm fighting a two-front war here. The Japanese theater and the European theater. I hear you. I want to start with an open-ended question. Where are we at politically? We're at a um, reverse Nazi pyramid of, of Germany in the 1930s where we don't have the rule of law or equal justice. We have identity groups that matter and those that don't matter to fuel a specific ideology. And I think this is really the, the convergence and the confluence of tyranny and anarchy – Super rights for some at the expense of unalienable rights for others that are not guarded, that are actually enthusiastically uh, infringed upon. I think it all came together with a story out of Lincoln County, Oregon. You might have seen or Mm -hmm. spoken to your audience about this where they created a mask wearing mandate but openly exempted people of color. It's evidently a new uh, parlance that we called them people of color. I thought that was like a Jim Crow thing, uh, colored people, but I'm just that that's the term they use. And they, they don't have to wear a mask because somehow that would 
feed into racial profiling. I didn't understand it. But that's what we're seeing here. So hence, Americans have to be locked down. Um, and uh, if you have a business that has 20 people and you gradually re reopen, that somehow is causing a spread. But if you have more people packed in riding or protesting than the size of the Liberty Bonds parade in the Spanish flu that supposedly spread wildly there, somehow that doesn't spread. Um, that's why if you are an American living in Mission, Texas at the border, you're not allowed to travel outside of your home um, at night because there's a curfew. But if you are a Mexican national or, or dual citizen, you have a right to cross travel with a severe case of COVID for the express purpose of going to the hospital. So you have to be locked down so you don't flood the hospitals. So we flatten the curve, but then we re-import Mexico's first stronger wave, which came later than ours, and uh, resurge uh, the virus into Arizona and California and Texas. This is where we're at, Steve. I mean, that's that's what I'm seeing fighting this two-front war tyranny, anarchy, rioting, um, corona fascism, and how the two merge together. What's the way out here? I mean, I, leadership. some of it's going to be funny, right? I mean, when when this ends up in federal court, and it will, the this, this Oregon uh, racist uh, mask law, and they find a judge, they're going, to, they're going to get some lefty judge whose head's going to explode. Because in order to uphold this, he's going to have to now admit that the 14th Amendment passed uh, in order to expand what the 5th Amendment, the Bill of Rights says, to blacks post-slavery. He's going to have to counterman the 14th Amendment and say, we don't have equal protection under the law. <laughs> right? I mean, this is... So... We'll but, get but we'll, we'll, going on. Right. We'll, we'll get plenty of clickbait, funny headlines out of this, right? But it won't do anything to stem the tide of, of, of what's going on. I mean, I, I threw this stat at our audience about an hour ago. I think maybe you had this stat, too. Um, 21 out of the last 28 Supreme Court justices in this country, going back to when Eisenhower was elected, have been appointed by Republicans. And, and the number one overriding theme, particularly in the time you and I have been involved in Conservative Inc., had to, for, for why our people vote Republican is for judges. And yet, that, that despite all of that, that's well over 70%. Um, that's still been the number one weapon of mass destruction of the American left, right? So, what's the way out here? A Republican Party that is not named the Republican Party. That's the 800-pound elephant in the room. Um, leadership. Uh, it's there for the taking. Steve... The country might not be the same silent majority it was in 1968, but it's not quite where Antifa and BLM is. It's not mm -hmm. quite the full-born anarchy, especially your average um, just middle-income family as opposed to maybe some of these single hippies living in the urban areas uh, getting involved in this. It, it, it's not what they want. I mean the crime is going up like crazy. You have – Anarchy that just it's it's greater than Orwell. People are starving, starving for leadership. 
Um, people are starving for fighting back. You told me yourself that tweet you put out last week about Atlanta cops fighting back by just walking off was your most uh, uh, retweeted uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing that you've had in, in, in a very long ever, time. Ever, <laughs> ever. So pe- people are starving for that type of thing. And <clears throat> I just put out a piece, 10 ways Trump could uh, implement law and order and speak to our times and actually make it stick and in really protecting the roads and the highways from the lynchings and the monuments and and going after criminals and using federal funding to leverage locking up gun felons and parole violators rather than locking up the police. Um, it, it just it's there for the taking, Steve. It's it's there for the taking. I mean, I probably the, shouldn't tell you then about a call I got from my Democrat mom on Father's Day when she called to wish me a happy oh, Father's no. Day. I probably shouldn't tell you about this call. No, Could, no, Steve, okay. Steve you, you really shouldn't because Democrat most Democrats in this country don't want this. Yeah, my mom was livid, livid. OK, I mean, livid. I mean, she went on like a multi five, 10 minute rant. I guess now I know where I get it. Um, I thought I was concerned he was going to be an authoritarian. Where's, where's the, where's the authority? Where's the law and order? Why is he letting this go on? I was, you know, I'm 60, I'm 62 years old. I can tell you what real racism was like. I lived through it. I was a four, I was a 14 year old mom. No one gave me a damn thing. I don't owe anybody anything. I'm tired of hearing excuses. I'm tired of victimology and victimhood. I mean, I was just like aghast. Okay. All right. I mean, my mom's voted for one Republican in her life, Ronald Reagan, 1980, because she had to finally admit Jimmy Carter just can't do the job. Okay. And she was livid watching this, what's going on, and cannot believe it's being permitted to happen. And, you know, first of all, it made me think if, if, if Joe Biden of 1988 were running for president today, this could be a 80, this could be a Reagan 84, bro. If that guy were running. Okay. You know what I'm saying? With, with what he thought in 1984 about this stuff. Oh my God. If he, if, how about Joe yeah. Biden of 1994? If Joe Biden of 1994 are running, this, this might be a, a uh, you know, maybe, maybe, in fact, maybe Trump wins a few States in the South and that's about it. Okay. But my mom was livid about what's going on in the country in the strongest terms and to hear my Democrat mom hit Trump from the right on this stuff. And I thought to myself as I was listening to this, I can't wait to see the look on Daniel Horowitz's face this Wednesday when I when I recite to him live on the air this conversation because it's it's going to end him. It's 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 his great lament and frustration in American politics is it's conversations just like this. It, it, it is Steve. It kills me because Damn it, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. If I were told the country is irrevocably communist and there's nothing we can do, this is where we are, it's fine. But what's happening is the more to the left the left goes, the more – it's not even – it's not left. It, it's extreme. It's mm-hmm. violence. It's, it's insane. It's harming people. It's insane. It's throwing, it's, it's throwing firecrackers at homeless people sleeping on the ground in Brooklyn. I mean – this stuff is just out of control that no normal person wants it. And the more they do it, rather than providing that bold contrast, which is so easy to do. Look, this is not healthcare policy, which gets a little bit naughty. It's very wordy. You need a big context for it. I mean, this is a punchline in and of itself. It's what Trump was tailor made for. It's a strike up the middle of the plate. And yet, 
And yet the farther extreme they get, the more Republicans indulge it. I looked at those people beating people in the streets and tearing down statues and lynching cars, you know, surrounding them and 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 forcing them to get out of the car. And I'm thinking to myself, these are the people that now control the GOP's legislative agenda. The GOP's legislative agenda is now like, yes, yes, uh, policing reform. Yeah. How much? How much? Yes. Uh, systemic racism. Every Republican is talking about this now. Every Republican is, is is doing this. It's like, dude, I mean, they're to the left of where Obama was in his second term. I mean, that's how rapidly the Overton window has shifted. You go, I mean, the left puts out anything and Republicans immediately indulge it. They immediately indulge it. That's what we're seeing now. I think this is the crisis where you're you're finding more commentators than, than you and me that are finally saying, why do we have a Republican Party? Right. There's literally no floor. Right. No matter what happens, there nothing nothing changes. And you know, you go back and you listen to H.W. Bush's speeches during Rodney King. I mean, they were ten times more hardcore than anything Trump is saying, and he acted on it. I mean, he wouldn't have allowed them to get near the statues. He wouldn't have allowed interstate highways to just get blocked. Um, and, and and again, um, we're not asking Trump to violate the Constitution. This stuff is in there. This stuff is in the 1871 Insurrection Act that that addressed the Civil War, addressed insurrection and domestic violence. And it was made clear when states fail or are unwilling to deal with violence that is the implementing legislation of the 14th Amendment. I mean, we're always touting the 14th Amendment, Steve, but that at its core is why it was created. Um, states never had a right pursuant to Article 4 to violate privileges and immunities of individuals. They, they could pass a lot of laws, but there are certain core rights they, they have to protect and life, liberty, property. But there was no enforcement mechanism. The 14th Amendment created that enforcement mechanism. Congress codified in 1871. The president has that authority. And it, it's shocking to me that four weeks into this, four weeks this is going on, and it's indefinite. He's not using it. I, I just don't get what, what it's going to take. And, you know, you look at the data they're working with with the lockdown. Someone told me you would cry if you see what they had. You look at the data they were working with on the border. Um, I, I had to put in, a, in an emergency call to my friends in the White House. Like, do you know you're getting blamed for a resurgence of the virus when, in fact, it's all coming from the border now? And we have a New York Times, Washington Post, a Reuters, Kaiser Health News article just vividly describing it. I mean, it's open source. Are you guys even aware of this? And instead, the only... Um, their forces, their resources are all put into the front of the battle of bean counting the Tulsa rally. I mean, that's that's where we are with this White House. That does not make me happy. I, I don't approve of that. That's that's what it is, Steve. I mean, there's no denying it. Um, you know, this week there was heavy interior lobbying, internal lobbying, um, as it relates to uh, H-1B visas and some mm -hmm. others. <clears throat> that issue, it happens to be that there are enough, and you could probably guess who some of these people yeah. are. Yeah. There's enough of them in strategic locations to after three months of yelping, got legitimately a half a loaf. 
It wasn't one of these one percenters. We typically it was a half a loaf. It wasn't a hundred. It was is a good beach front. We need that on many other issues. We don't have it. We don't have it. What do they think their reelect message is then? You got, I answer that in about, I the only polls get about are a minute. Wrong. Okay. The polls were wrong um, in 2016, so they're wrong again. No one could elect Joe Biden. He has uh, dementia, um, law and order. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to implement. No, but if you vote for me in November, see, if you get Joe Biden, your liberties are going to be gone. We're going to have an open border. Okay, the Supreme Court. I mean, it's going to be lost for a generation, and um, and you're going to have <laughs> you can't even see this with a straight face, man. <laughs> <laughs> we finally it can get, get worse. It's the belly laugh, man. We finally it can did it. Get worse. It can always get worse. Good to see you, my friend. Take, Take care. care. You bet. <laughs> Thoughts? You know, I've. In, I've I've given you my back and forth on you know I I was in the place with coronavirus where I could vote for Trump for the first time, and then he's just been so nowhere and everywhere at the same time that I took that back. I, I'm just going to make my slave myself a slave to my own the one who is dumbest last loses, and I, so I don't even have to think about it anymore. Yeah, I, I said to somebody today who is convinced that it's already over that he can't win. I said, this Trump cannot win. I agree with you. But the American left is doing everything they can to call Lazarus out. Everything they can. Now, he may not answer the call. Correct. right? He may not step up and answer the call. Lazarus, come forth. He might just say, I'm, I like it in here. He might do that. Okay? But, man, they are doing everything they can to draw the Donald Trump people thought they were voting for to draw him out. They're trying to draw him out. It's just a matter of whether that guy shows up or not. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... I, I think we're on to something when we're talking like the bean counting at the rallies that drives us all up the like freaking the, the first wall. thing at the inauguration. It, uh, yes, it drives us all up the wall. But that's what Trump cares about. Trump cares about Trump. And when he's faced with it face to face, people are not showing up for one reason or another. He'll do whatever he can. So you think it's a gateway to have the conversation we want to have? I, I yeah, okay. yeah, for a little while until until his ego is satiated, and then he starts listening to uh, you know Jared Kushner again. But that's you know you got to challenge him at that level, make it apparent, and empty seats make it apparent that uh, people aren't buying what he's selling at this moment. That'll do it for today. Back at it again tomorrow, noon to two Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. We're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.